Hey, Planet Earth. Welcome to Machete Comics. I'm Chris Machete. There's Brent, and we have a very special guest from my hometown now, Kingston, because I live here as well, which is awesome. We have Bill Wilishka. Bill, welcome to the show, my friend. Man, I was just watching that intro, and uh, surf music meets Batman with the cool graphics. I love it. It's going to oh, be the thanks, best time God. ever. Thank you. Our producer's right here, and she loves that. She, she's a very, very appreciative of that. Yeah. Great job. Yeah. Well, welcome to the show, man. I'm so, I'm so glad to have you on here. Uh, first of all, as I mentioned, my parents are the biggest fans in the world of yours. They are so excited for this episode. Dorothy and Gary are their names. Dorothy and, and Gary, if they watch, thank you so much, guys. Love you. I got to correct. I got to correct them for one second. It's actually dangerous, Dorothy. Oh, okay, sorry. And gracious, <laughs> and gracious, Gary. We need to get that right, Bill. Brent has had I mean, beers with my dad before. That's there you right. Go. And they, they they picked up two copies of this one for me and one for them. Oh. And uh, man. Very excited to have you and talk about this because I, I I'm Gen X, so I grew up with you, my friend. Uh, I grew up with much too in high school. I would run home like everyone else to watch music videos. So it uh, what a thrill that must be, huh? Yeah. So um, and I talk about it in the book, and then working there one day alongside people and with people that I would go home to watch uh, was pretty amazing. So and not just that, but you know, pictures in my locker. Uh, patches on my jean jacket, buttons on my jean jacket of all Represent. these artists that I would eventually interview and bond with. So, yeah, pretty surreal looking back. Yeah, I, I couldn't imagine being like, like, because uh, I worshipped Ozzy growing up, you know, and Motley Crue, and then I'm reading about you, like, oh, they're flying me over to New York here. This is an Ozzy Blizzard of Oz tour. Like, that, dude, like, that stuff like that must have blew your mind. Was there, was there a, a band that you, like, were a little leery of going to see because you were kind of worried how they would treat you like oh my gosh these guys are gonna like smack me around or be so rude to me i've been so lucky everyone uh i can only think of one negative experience in almost five thousand interviews where i wish oh. i uh, could have done that one better or could have been presented better that was blur and uh i'll talk about that later but no but i yeah. want but i've been very very fortunate like Ozzy, yeah, I saw him. I saw him on the uh, Blizzard of Oz tour in the ninth grade, and there I am wow. on his private jet, Ooh. flying around, following him for three or four days. Uh, him and Sharon, actually, and yeah, it's not until after the interview or after the assignment you think back and you go, "That was pretty freaking cool. What an honor!" And I, I've never taken it for granted. I've always been grateful and thankful uh, where my path has led me and where I've had this amazing opportunity. And, uh, yeah, and grateful to be talking to a couple of guys that are curious. So oh, we are. Yeah. When did, when did you come up with the idea for the book? Was this, this like a long time coming? I've been asked about a book for, a, for decades, uh, usually in one ear and out the other. I just thought, you know, no one's going to care. Big deal. I didn't find a cure for cancer. No one's going to really care much um but then when i moved to kingston um the kingston wig standard asked me to do a monthly column about my life or media and again same reaction i don't know if anyone's going to care yeah i'll do it for four or five months so it was a monthly column ended up getting syndicated it lasted four or five years and then i just thought okay maybe i'll have the beginnings of a book here sort of didn't think about it much after that. And then COVID hit. I started getting asked to do a lot of podcasts. A lot of podcasters started springing up. And I inevitably said yes to a lot of them. And more stories started coming out. And then uh, one day during COVID, I think late 2021, I just started banging away at my keyboard. 
not really transcribing the old columns, but using those sort of as, as uh, a jumping off point to just to start writing and using the stories from the podcast. And about halfway through 2022, I, I realized that I had the formation of a book um, and just had fun with it, just kept writing by the end of the year. Um, I, I thought I was done. And then there was a second draft and a third draft. And Amanda, my fiance, read the first draft at one point and said, uh, you can't put that in there. That's My parents are going to read this book, Bill. So <laughs> there were little things like that. And I would, you know, move stuff around, delete stuff, add stuff. So I found a publisher that I really wanted it out this year. It's my 35th year in broadcasting. Um, and I really wanted out this year. There's this much music doc that uh, was coming out this year. I just thought it was a good year to have it out this year. And it's been out for a month and a half. And um, I'm surprised that people care is how I started this whole meandering off. Like no one's going to care. People still do. And the documentary um, almost sold out Roy Thompson Hall for the premiere screening. Congratulations. There's something... Um, nostalgic about looking back i know i don't want to look back too much uh, i like to respect the past and i know a lot of people do want to talk about the past so i think this is uh these you know sean menard the director of the doc this is his way of looking back and this book is my way of looking back but also looking towards the future mm -hmm. and uh it amazes me that there's a strong fascination with much music still well, we all grew up. I mean, when I first, uh, I grew up outside of Port Perry, an even smaller town with Chris. We, we're talking like Caesarea Blackstock, where cable didn't even come in until like 85. And you had four people or five people in town that had it. And you would sit around and watch, you know, the Pepsi Power Hour. And you would sit around and watch the new music and watch all these things. So when I first got cable, the very first channel I turned on was much music. Because it was like, this is so cool that I had. Chris, I think it was even Channel 24. It was Channel 24, I remember it correctly. Yeah. Channel that, 24. That's where you got all your information on that's music, though, right? There was no internet. It was like, the VJs told you what was going on. The videos, the live yeah. here's, here's Ozzy, like, in Florida. Look what he did here. Like, wow, it's amazing. You, you know, um, yeah, yeah, I love all that stuff. One, I wanted to ask Bill one more question about his book, though, before. And I'll pass it over to you, Brent. Um, I love the way your chapters are like little stories. And for a comic book enthusiast myself and somebody who likes everything set out for me in little sections you know what i mean i have right. I, when i tackle a book if i'm looking at a huge book it's like oh my gosh how am i going to get through this but this is like all these fantastic little stories and chapters it's kind of like um, a quentin tarantino movie to me you know what i mean like the way you got set up how did you come up with that idea it just um, it, uh, this, this the way stuff came out um yeah each chapter sort of leads into the next one but right? you can stop and pick it up later and I've been hearing from people that they can't put it down, which is a really nice compliment. Um, and uh, yeah, I, what I like best about the way it's structured is, yeah, it's it's broken down into, you know, not short chapters, but succinct chapters that yeah. you know, have a beginning, middle, and end, and it carries on. But the chapter titles, um, I don't have the book in front of me. If you want to do right here, man. Yeah, no, chapter I, titles, I love the I, chapter titles. Well, <laughs> This is what this is. Of course, I look at this first, you know, flask of whiskey. Oh, I mean, okay, there we go. Music as a badge. I'm an adult, you know, on the air and manual jacket. Th these are great. These are like little comic book uh, uh, titles for issues to me. For for person, for, uh, pooping alpacas. Who's <laughs> cans and floor hockey. There you go. Right. Uh, death and well, death and Gord down. There's a little bit of a serious one. Egos and empathy, a sad border crossing. Uh, a new, or there's a slash one slashes porn. I gotta, I gotta check that. Anyway. 
<laughs> but when I was, um, I didn't have uh, titles, just numbers initially. Ah. And the publisher, the editor came back and said, you should really give these titles. And I said, okay. Um, so I quickly, I, I remember scrolling through, realizing what that chapter was about. And it was just for me, give it a weird title, just so I can re reference it back later. And then when I finished that, I remember looking at these chapter titles going, I like the way these sound. And the idea like is that it. you approach pooping alpacas and you think, what the hell would this chapter be about? By the end, you go, oh, okay, that makes sense. Yeah. So. And see, as a comic book enthusiast, that's the only thing that will, that's the one of the main things will get me to read a book or read a comic is knowing there's something leading to the next, leading to the next. I love Easter eggs and stuff. And uh, right. I, as I say, I haven't dove fully into it yet, but it looks like this is going to be something that I can appreciate on a comic book level as well, which is odd to say, right? But uh I can see it in there, and I appreciate the way you put it together. Yeah, I'll pass it on to Brent now. Well, it's funny because Chris and I were in a band together for years, and we never had song titles that had anything to do with the songs. Right. I, love that. We yeah, I do too, just, man. Right yeah. Well, I couldn't find the part in the song where the title was. Yeah, where like, do you, you actually won't. say that? No, you won't. You won't. You won't actually do it. It's uh, way more fun. Uh, Bill, so uh, as we dive into it, so we, we dove a little bit into uh, the, the documentary that's coming out. Uh, I know you got a li limited time, so we can – uh, th there's a documentary about 299 Queen Street, uh, basically about much music or around that time. But you said you were a fan before you joined him. And then once you joined him, it became this like dream come true for you. Chris and I have been talking about the videos that we've watched and some of our favorites of all time. So hmm. why don't we go down that road for a minute and have a discussion about some of our favorite videos that influenced us, but like might've changed music, like, might've changed the way we listen or watch because music videos between 79 and and 1990 were like well, gowan criminal uh, mind when i first yeah. saw gowan criminal mind i was like yeah. i can so, watch this and listen to this and, and and to me that was mind-blowing again comic books right but yeah, yeah there's no other video like that i don't think aha uh, aha uh -huh, with their comic book yeah. like video that came that later as well yeah but yeah, yeah. Did you have, so what were your, some of your favorite videos, Bill? I know you wrote some stuff down uh, around that time that kind of maybe led you to, A, wanting to be a VJ, but two, being able to show these things in full time. Probably the first one that blew me away. And looking back now, the effects were just cheesy, but it was sort of groundbreaking back then was Ashes to Ashes, David Bowie. Oh, yeah. Um, mm -hmm. And if you, if you recall the video, it's like, uh, it's some really cheesy effects by standards, by today's standards. But back then, it was like a dream within a dream and really surreal dream sequences that, um, you know, only Bowie can work with a director and say, I want this, this, and this. And then it coming off the way it did, uh, just like Bowie's songwriting, very fractured. And uh, But yeah, that, that video blew me away, and I freaking loved it. I remember Tom Petty, You Got Lucky, Mm -hmm. uh, it was about the apocalypse and uh, he was driving a bike and they come across an old arcade and I've never seen a video like that before. Um, more recent videos, when I was with Much, uh, Lightning Crashes by Live, I always thought it was a beautiful video. I love Tim Pope's work with The Cure, uh, Close mm -hmm. to Me, In Between Days, Just Like Heaven. Tim Pope's a brilliant uh, British film director. He directed more than a handful of Cure videos over the years. Um, Collective Soul, Lightning Crash, or not, uh, Collective Soul, The World I Know. Right. I just remember seeing that video for the first time, and it's, like, powerful, you know? It, it sort of deals, deals with suicide. Mm -hmm. 
in an unrelated way to the actual song, but the way the video is presenting itself, it's, uh, it's very moving. And any video that can move you, just like any good art, any piece of art, any good song, any good work of literature that moves you, I think is valid and it's important. So yeah, uh, videos some might think are just frivolous, three and a half minute commercials for a song, but if they're done right, uh, they're beautiful pieces of work, for sure. Really gave the, uh, the, the artist side of the musician a chance to explore like here's a short movie for your song because i remember like one of my favorites on a, it was like we're not going to take it i remember as a kid just watching that intro you know and, and it was like well, they took part of uh, uh, animal house i believe right there yeah. uh, the whole deal that and i can remember just sitting there and watching all that so it, it gave musicians a chance okay well no it doesn't have to just be where the music is we can put it on the front on the end of this we can do whatever we want right so i, I, I one of mine was uh we're not going to take it and i also remember for some reason come on feel the noise really affecting me as a kid and being excited to see it because I think it was just so early, you know, and, and matching the song with that mask on the screen and being thrown into the crowd, the mystique of, of the live show being kind of brought to the video was cool. And that one stuck out for me as well. There was a really interesting mix there, too, between the 80s, because you had, because the hair thing was, the hair band thing was so prevalent and, and massive at that point. So, Bill, you had to, Vic here and Depeche Mode side of it that were doing the super maybe serious videos. Right. But then you had... You know, we couldn't wait for the new Poison video because we knew it was just going to be a party or, you know, and then Slayer were making these kind of videos that only ended up on the Power Hour that were like dark and dreary. Yeah, and it was like yeah. all these people were making these different kinds. And it must have been so fun to uh, be a to, part of that, to be a part of that yeah. and sit in those rooms and go, look at these new videos that have just come in. I was never a big Michael Jackson fan, really wasn't my sort of music. But yeah, like his videos when they were on much music really? when mtv was debuting them like brilliant and you know um i don't i think a lot of these artists wouldn't have sold as many albums as they did without music videos really? it was just another way to get their name to get their songs out there sadly it doesn't exist anymore well we have youtube but um it, i don't think youtube breaks artists like a new video a new band would on much or mtv and much, much MTV would wait until it's a hit before they played it. Much music didn't wait for it to be a proven hit. It they was, made hits. Yeah, we created a star. It system. also created a scene. It created a scene, Bill, to your point. You know, like we, we, you know, especially us being coming through uh, having a band in 1994. It was the indie scene, right? With Speaker's Corner, like uh, the Bare Naked Ladies, you know, the whole part of that. Um, what was the green tape or the green cassette they had? The yellow tape, yeah. The yellow tape, yeah. And all starting from that, you know, and, and, and much music and, and Speaker's Corner were so hand in hand. It, it was great. I remember the interviews and people would come down and hang out on the main street and bang on the window and stuff. And yep. I remember Bush being down there and Gavin um, Rosdale, I believe, it was, and he was out talking to the crowd and he said, you're effing brilliant. But he said the full, he, and the swear got in there. And I remember going, he got away with it. You know what I mean? Because it was all live and the crowds were huge down there, right? We were just talking about Todd Kearns off. Yes before we started recording um odd and i were talking on the weekend and this morning i get to work and he emailed me a picture i guess he was watching a stone roses documentary and and i knew i was in it i haven't seen the stone roses doc i guess the director found interviews from stone roses back in the mid 90s and uh there's a segment of our live much interview in that doc and there's a he, the picture he took, and I had really long hair at the time. And I'm talking, I forget who the guy from Stone Roses were, but I'm looking at him and doing the interview, and he's leaning over to light a smoke. This is inside. So, uh, yeah, we weren't allowed to smoke in the building back then, but, you know, 
he's a rock star. Tell mm-hmm. him no, you're not going to probably he's not going to listen to you. But uh, yeah, it was a beautiful time, and I totally forgot about that Stone Roses interview until yeah, Todd sent me this still from the doc he was watching. It's a it's it's such an interesting time because Chris talked about Speaker's Corner, but you also had the MMVAs, which became the biggest thing. Like the Much Music Video Awards were so incredible to be to to be you know what you guys jammed in that space. It's just an incredible thing that was created, and and I think our our industry and our our kids are desperately missing is that sense of community. And I think it's great that this documentary is coming out um, at the same time that your book is out. So it's it's a really great time for you. Well, I've been telling people in interviews uh, for the book and the doc that, you know, sadly, it will never be recreated, that magic that Much Music was, what it did for artists, what it did for pop culture, what it did for music fans. It it also got fans closer to their favorite artist uh, physically, when we talk about those high and eyes, um, and just inviting them into the Much environment. I remember uh, someone showed me this Marilyn Manson interview I did live on much during the day and uh and I had never seen it I forgot about it until I you know since doing the interview uh, I want to say 98 maybe maybe 97 and uh yeah we had a live studio audience there and um I remember that with Oasis with Mo Gallagher and speaking of Todd Kearns Age of Electric we had a mm. little audience for them when they would you know and this was like during the day it wasn't like these live intimate interactives for an hour and a half Artists would come during the day, yeah. during the week, even on the weekends, come and talk for 20 minutes. Like we had Noel Gallagher come in for two segments, I think. They were in town, Maple Leaf Gardens maybe. Um, but he had the afternoon off and he came to much for 20 minutes, two segments. Played live. It was brilliant. Then it was casual. These artists love much because it wasn't a whole lot of red tape and emails back and forth to set something up. It was just, you know, it was easy. Come on. Yeah. Come on down. And they knew it was national. Yeah. And that can never happen ever again, sadly. But you were, you were in there. That's awesome. That's awesome. So everybody needs to pick up this book. And is the, so is there a tour going on for the documentary you were mentioned that you can let us know a little bit about? The documentary is, uh, yeah, you're seeing the dates there. So the there we go. Canadian premiere was a couple of Fridays ago. That was a lot of fun seeing everyone. Um, I'm not doing the whole tour. Um, I'm promoting the book on my own uh, and touring around Ontario for now, doing indigos and uh, chapters. I'm on for a couple of the dates, though, for uh, for that tour. So, yeah, and it was just fun to see Steve Anthony and Erica and oh, Rick. Man uh at the premiere a couple of weeks ago you think that would work if they relaunched much music the way it was good question um i don't know sadly i don't think so um i don't know i think it could i have that's a really good question i think they need to take all the old archive footage and put it out it depends on how it's presented. It depends on who you're going to hire to interview rock bands. And I talk about this in the book. Um, mm. You need meat in interviews again. You don't need interviewers asking who are you wearing on a red carpet. You need to let the artist talk. You need to let the artist, the interview, breathe. Much music got to a point where uh, they didn't really want to do live interviews unless there were screaming fans, which doesn't really lend itself to a great interview because all you hear for that most of that interview is screaming and very little of the interview. Um, 
I remember a time where you would let artists breathe and then it became about a 10 second soundbite. So I think if, if the way the music is presented, if, uh, you know, if those things are in place, I think it would be successful again. A lot of what's retro your, music though, right? What's your takeaway for this book, Bill? What do you want people to pull out of this? Cause there's some great stories, as you mentioned. Um, and Chris is a comic book uh published he's published a comic book you know that that feeling of having that book in your hand after yeah. writing it must have been amazing but is there something in, in that book where you're like you know your journey or is there something that you want people to take away from this thing i didn't want it to be the ramblings of some old guy saying hey let me both tell, tell you about the time that i interviewed david bowie or madonna or, or you know kiss i didn't want it to be that i knew there'd have to be stories uh a lot of the book uh, is devoted to interviews and segments from interviews and hearing what the artist has to say. Um, and there's also some, as the subtitle of the book says, uh, some life lessons that, uh, yeah, exciting times and lessons learned. Um, there's some meat in there about things that I have learned about people, about the business uh, that I share. Um, some good I pictures had, too, buddy. Yeah, no, that was fun. I had really a good photo one review after someone bought it i don't know i forget um it was a review that i read online where she said you know i know nothing about music or artists i know nothing about tv or technology she goes but i love this book and what did she say i finished the book being happy about the world again or something like that that's a nice quote really heavy um yeah. but she got it you know you don't have to know who i am to enjoy the book and if you had only remembered me from a certain time and a lot of people only do because i went from a large market national level to a slowly winding my way down to a smaller market at a local level uh that's where the has been title comes from i've never stopped working <laughs> but yeah it's it's for anyone really if you don't it's know the journey and the entertainment who i am man. It's, it's a fun story yeah 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 gotta be fun man awesome well we got your 20 minutes my friend we're gonna i don't know if you want to jet we're gonna talk about some wrestling now or if you had any more you want can we get do you have time for the the blur story or no because oh yeah i, I, re, I remember nardwar uh one of my the, the biggest interview i remember with nardwar was them taking his hat and throwing it out a a, a build like a building a huge building oh that wasn't good then no <laughs> no well he's really upset damon, i've interviewed damon and alex before live on much and it was great um and uh, a couple albums later, they came back for the afternoon. It wasn't quite an I and I. It wasn't hyped, and it wasn't in the evening. But it was during the day, and uh, they were going to play for an hour and talk, you know, in between their set. And uh, there's a live audience and people outside. Uh, they didn't really. They came to play. They didn't really want to talk. Doesn't matter what the question was, what the subject was. It's just a lot of. What are you going to do? You throw to a facts question. You throw to an uh, an audience question. Same thing. They just didn't feel like talking. We got through it. Hmm. Um, at the end of the broadcast, the road manager comes up and says, this was great. Great job. I'm <laughs> thinking, no, it wasn't. What are you talking about? This wasn't a very good show at all. And he goes, oh, no, no. We did this in Montreal yesterday. That really wasn't a good show. I can only imagine bad, how bad that one was. Wow. So, uh, yeah. Did you interview them again after that? I don't think so. Not no, after I was going to say, you'd be going and going, oh, geez. That's got to be a lesson, though, Bill, right? Isn't that a lesson, like, at that moment for you as a journalist where you're like, you really have to dive into the vault and try to rescue it, don't you? 
Oh yeah, yeah, it's on your shoulders and uh, sink or swim. You don't want to look like an idiot and you don't want to be blamed for a bad interview. And I don't think I was ever blamed because, you know, you realize quick that you don't take it personally. And, you know, they might've missed their flight. They might've, you know, missed breakfast. They might've, something might've set them off. There's always a reason. And uh, yeah, you don't take it personally. You don't want to add to that reason, right? Yeah, luckily that was the only time I've ever had. Yeah. An experience where I wish it went better. And they didn't take your hat and throw it out a window or anything like Nardwar there. Oh, thank God, no. You know, because I, he loves that hat, too. I, I would have put Damon in a headlock if he had done that. Oh, he was really upset, man. But I would have given him a suplex, yeah. Yeah. Like, right out the window. Segway wrestling. You got for time sure. for wrestling, buddy, or you got a jet? You got time oh, for wrestling? Let's, let's talk wrestling, man. Okay, Love so it. what I want to talk about was Canadian wrestlers. And this is wild because, like, I, I going through this list, I love doing the research because I learn stuff myself. And it's stuff I'm interested in, not math. So Val Venus, Canadian. Yep. Jinder Mahal, Canadian. Vampiro, Canadian. Oh, Gail Vampiro, Kim. yeah. Yeah, yeah he uh, came out Dave, a little while ago. Davy Boy Smith, like some of the other people, some, some folks be like, Davy Boy Smith, no, he's from England, but no, he's Canadian. Well, he, right? came, he came through... Um, Brett's dad's, Bret Hart's dad's dungeon, yeah. And that's an interesting thing all in itself, my God. And of course, of course, you have the, you know, the Owen Hart and Bret Hart who are possibly the greatest Canadian wrestlers ever, possibly. Um, But Roddy Piper, again, he's Canadian. A lot of people would not have known that, you know? Yeah, and he's he's my favorite all time. Like I, I can see that. I love him. Oh, yeah. The shirt and everything. Back in the day, I had the shirt of the action figures, right? Do you have a uh, like? Whenever I see that shirt too, I'm just like, you know, WWF, not WWE. Do you have uh, this Honky Tonk Man, your guy for that era? I have uh, about twelve action figures. A bobblehead that just I just got that just came out. Uh, Lots of pictures, a signed Smash guitar, and a replica WWF Intercontinental Heavyweight Championship title. All honky tonk man stuff, All right? All honky tonk man. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Did, did you ever get a chance? Did you ever get a chance to meet him? Oh, a few times. Yeah. Yeah. I knew the answer that I just wanted for the. Yeah. Yeah. I love. So what, it was a picture of Wayne and I in the book a couple of times. Um, I, I've talked to him. Uh, at a chinlock wrestling match here. Um, yeah. he saved me from getting smashed in the head with a garbage can from CJ felony. And I had no idea a uh, honky tonk man was even in the building. That's amazing. Up. When his ring music hit, I looked up, I thought it was an impersonator, which would have been weird because he was a bad Elvis impersonator. So to impersonate honky tonk man, well, probably would have been great, but uh, no, it was him. Comes into the ring with a guitar and chased out CJ felony. Raised my hand. Beautiful. Blew your mind. I guess yeah. the only other thing that would have been more perfect than that is if he actually smashed you back over the head with a guitar. <laughs> Maybe. That's, a, that's the ultimate smashed, tribute. If he smashed CJ Felony's head with a guitar, that would have been good. Okay. Yeah, don't forget um, uh, The Edge, Christian. They're Canadian as well. Yes, yeah. There's yeah. so many guys. Jericho, so. of course. <clears throat> yep. I, I love the, the yeah. best quote. I, I, I'm a big fan of Jericho as well. Uh, one of the highlights from him is he's wrestling. Somebody goes, go back to Toronto. I'm from Winnipeg, idiot. Just the way he calls him an idiot, right? I just love it. I love it. Uh, of course, and then of course, Chris Benoit, who isn't, we're not allowed to talk about too much anymore. Uh, but wow, what a story there too. Kenny Omega. I did not realize Kenny Omega was Canadian. I didn't know that. No. And he's again, one of my favorite newer wrestlers. I love his video game kind of, you know, uh, approach Winnipeg. to things. Again with that Winnipeg. 
Yeah, right? That's why. Abdullah the Butcher was Canadian. I don't know if you watched the Dark Side of the Ring on him, which was amazing. Wow. I haven't Abdul- seen that one. I didn't know he was Canadian either. Yeah. Oh, oh Bill, you got to see the Dark Side. It. What a guy. Like, he he got sued by uh, that gentleman from Ottawa. Devin. Or, yes, yes. Hannibal. Yeah. Hannibal. And uh, he's got, and, and uh, Abdul's got no money. The guy's living in a shack. It's, it's quite the documentary because he's another one of those guys that had it all and then just gone. gone. Like Doink the Clown. The Doink the Clown one, the same thing. He had a bathtub that was like all gold and everything, and the next day he was fired and it was gone. It was over with. Man, Crazy yeah, how that happens it's with not, him, right? It's not the easiest life. And I've had the pleasure of interviewing, you know, um, Hacksaw, Jim Duggan, and Jacob oh, wow. State Roberts, and Mick Foley, and all these guys uh, over the years in their later years and they all walk with this slow sort of hunched over um yeah sore knees walk they've all suffered from hip problems knee problems spinal issues in some cases uh elbows yeah it it fucks your body it does (laughs) well it's amazing to now because now that i can look back and see what was actually happening behind the scenes of these WWF fan, or stars that I love so much back, like the Honky Tonk Man, how how he lost the title, and really what happened behind the scenes, you know, and why that happened. As an adult, it's I find it really the interesting Ultimate Warrior, to see these yeah. Things. yeah, yeah, and uh, and how he wasn't he he fought dropping the belt for so long, and and just the the, the pain, how you know they, they they what they did to fall asleep, what they did to wake up, what they did to deal with the pain, and how they had to work so much, and you know the Vince McMahon thing is just like this whole other crazy world you know what i mean when you but the dark side of the ring is so amazing um but talking of the pain and stuff what wrestling moves have you taken my friend um i've been suplexed um i've been thrown through a table (laughs) i've been ddt'd um i've been chest chopped not the slaps the oh yeah oh Oh, it left like a welt because uh, I hear yeah. that's the one they really don't hold back on. That's the one they kind of test people on. From what you I, you got to make it loud. You got to make sure the guy in the back hears that slap. Yeah, yeah. Dang. So, what, what, any of those hurt? Like, really? Was one that we were like, wow? Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, I almost, um, well, I did actually uh, suffered. Um, what do they call it when your knee bends the other way? Hyperextended oh, it. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I had that happen during a suplex where I went up and I fell. I didn't keep my legs bent. So when you fall, you keep your legs, your knees bent. Because if you don't, this is what I did. My knees were flat. So my heels hit first, the mat, which if you see what happens to your leg, your knee bends the other way. The other way because of the velocity. Oh, geez. Yeah, that's not cool. So, yeah, there's little things like that that you have to keep in mind. Chin in all the time. Knees bent in a situation like that. Yeah. Yeah, the, chin, the chin lock wrestling actually has some really rad events uh, regularly. They do great work yeah. for charity around the region. Yeah. That's and you've been I involved love. in quite a few of those too, haven't you? I keep saying I'm done. And then um, I. They keep dragging me back suffered, in. I suffered pectoral muscles to this day. My pecs sort of aren't attached to my chest. Oh. Yeah. You need to start being just a manager, my friend. Yep. So whenever <laughs> I get the inkling to go back in, Amanda says, nope, you're not no. doing it. Check your pecs. Check the pecs. You need the D'Lo Brown uh, yeah. body armor there, right? Yeah. yeah. He, was, he was an underrated wrestler, D'Lo. I yeah. know, D'Lo. Yeah. yeah, what a D-Lo. world. 
Um, where can people find you online, Bill, before we let you go? Uh, BillWolitschka.ca. It's very simple. Um, yeah, there's a nice YouTube channel if people want to walk down memory lane with some uh, lots of clips out there as well. And yeah, guys, thank you so much. I love this. Oh, thanks I for love, coming. Love talking wrestling. Love talking comics. Love talking. We will. Music. We will run into each other again. Kingston's not that big, my friend. You know, I actually and also Moist was playing uh, uh, just before COVID there, and Jeff, the bass player, I was teaching his son. Uh, art lessons so i was down checking out you had a motorhead shirt on you were strolling through i actually again said hey buddy what's up i complimented on your shirt so we 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 have run into each other a few times i'm sure the next time we can actually give a high five and maybe have a beverage or something you know what i mean i would love that i'll slide you some comic books i really want you to read my comic book as well uh it's based in kingston right like everything's that got that is so cool and the the villain my friend is a, a wrestler from the 80s who took over uh the penitentiary Got a big mask and everything. El Terrifico is his name. He's the villain. So it, <laughs> you'll love. It. I, I, I'm gonna send those to you, okay? Or drop them by or something for sure. Oh, I'm, I'm gonna, gonna get already. those to you. Yeah. Get, I would love to have you in there. But yeah, and the book's there. Everybody, pick the book up. I got it. My folks got it. They're stoked. And Bill, so, scary and dangerous, yeah. Dorothy. And Thanks so much it. for coming by, Bill. We could talk for hours with you, my friend. I, I uh, you're one. Of, I, I talk a lot, and when it's something I enjoy, I really have a hard time holding back. And man, I can't wait to talk to you again. Uh, it's going to be fun. Brent, thank you so much too, man. I appreciate Thanks, it. Guys. Really yeah. We'll okay. see you in a little while, buddy. And uh, we'll, we'll uh, talk a little bit more about this documentary coming up. So thank you. Oh man. yeah. It's going to be amazing. Cheers guys. Thank you. Thanks, Thanks Bill. buddy. Bye. Whammo. Good to see Bill. That was great. Really you good. Know? Yeah. It's, there's so many memories. Uh, uh, and, and I guess, cause you go through the different hairstyles of Bill and you'll see them all in the book, right? No, it's pretty great, and it, it, I had a really good chat with one of his colleagues here today. Um, Erica with, M with Erica M about oh, it. Oh, Erica the, M. Every 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 guy had a crush on Erica M in their teens growing up, my friend. We had a we kind of dove into this sort of space and what's going on, and um, it's it's going to be a cool little thing. I mean, we all grew up on much music. We all loved mm-hmm. th- that part of it. Um, it's such a it's such a uh, part of our upbringing and culture. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's it ranks right in there with Mr. Dress Up, uh, the Beachcombers, you know, all the things that we grew up on. That the are, grassy junior high, the grassy junior high, all the stuff that's crucial and part of our upbringing. They, they were they there. were key to the '90s scene too, as I mentioned for the Bare Naked Ladies, for Rusty, for the Killjoys, for I Mother Earth, <clears throat> for Moist. Uh, the I can Denise Denise what was Denise her name Donlin. Denise Donlin. Yeah, she was the one that would pick videos and she picked that moist one because of the charisma and she was the one that made moist and then people like Bill Walishka folks like that Eric well, it was really cool to talk about it because you know the the vibe of in much and obviously I got to go in there a few times as a tour manager and you mm-hmm. would go in and see them kind of floating around but but we as the watcher would watch the thing and master t would be walking around talking about this talking about that eric is eating something in the background or bill or bill's you know eating a <laughs> eating a sub like everyone's yeah. just there it's like a live newsroom vibe which um which i thought lent to the you know the, the pureness of the show and the pureness of the place we all wanted to just be in there because we just wanted to hang out there mm-hmm. and going in there to do a show like an intimate interactive or something like that it was anarchy because it was like all right we'll build the band in and then we're just going to put a bunch of people around him with no, there was not really any, or, it was organized, but it was organized chaos. And if, if you could stand on a road case or if you could sit on a chair, stand on a chair, that was your position to see these interviews. It was so loose. It was great. It was cool. So, and that was the whole attitude of the music. It was a lot of do it yourself music. It was very indie. 
Yeah. And I don't know if we'll ever see that again either, you know? I mean, there's a lot of times that you can look back on to hopefully influence your future. I know. It's really it's really something, but it's uh, it's it's cool. It, it, it's, a, it's a great spot. I, I put some videos on now. There's a couple of channels that were showing videos for a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, much There's like Loud and some of these other ones that just show them all. And, uh, so one thing we got to talk about here, final, we'll just, uh, we'll wrap up soon here. Um, Edge has joined AEW officially, my friend. Well, in the Look at biggest, this. in the biggest surprise, uh, not surprise, <laughs> you know, I called it. Our boy made the debut. So it's I great. Called it. I just heard from Mike this morning too. Mike's Yay. like, are you guys going to, are you guys going to talk about uh, Adam today? And I'm like, while well, we're talking to Bill, I don't know if we're going to dive into it, but I said, uh, but he was like, oh man, you know, it was, he just said, I just, I sent him a text this morning saying, so with like that emoji that looks up in the sky mm-hmm. and he just came back and said, kayfabe. <laughs> I, it was good. So, so, Ed, so let me, let me just briefly tell what happened. Yeah. So Sting and Darby Allen were fighting against Christian Cage and his group. And we know Christian Cage is, used yeah. to be partners with, with Edge, who is no longer being called Edge, but we'll get into that. And they had them beat down, man. They were like, they had the ring ripped apart, dude. It was just base wood. And they were like beating Sting and Darby. And then, you know, this the lights go out. And then this 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 intro comes into this dude. You can't really tell who he is. And he gets in this car and he slams like his old Mustang or something. I'm not in cars. You can't tell who it is, right? Screaming around, he comes to the arena. You see him get out. You can't tell who it is still. All the lights go off. You think you know me? Everybody goes crazy, man. Like just you think unreal. you know. You think you know him? Is that what it said? You think you know him? That's the oh, new one. Oh, they changed it. Okay, all right. Yeah. I, I didn't. I was yeah, so you, excited because yeah. like, I had a feeling it was him, and it was like, oh my god, oh my god, and it was. And then uh, so anyway, so it, he came out and he looked amazing, dude. Like he looked yeah. so good. He just run thing back and forth. Um, it introduces Adam Copeland, no longer Edge. And there he is, right there. Look at him. Doesn't he look good? Like he looks way better there than he did in his. Uh, yeah, looks great. No, no offense to him, but he just looks. I don't know. I, to me, it, on his, he looked a little defeated in his WWE finale. I just, I was just getting a vibe that he wasn't really happy with it. And I he could be totally a, wrong. I could be totally wrong. He made a statement, and he made a statement last night. I, I think, it, I think it was fine. We talked, we touched on it a little we bit. We did. I just a vibe I, I got. I could be wrong, dude. Like, yeah. I think, I think it's, uh, it's never easy on those situations, and I think. I think him going out with Seamus was sort of like, this is the guy that brought me back and, and I'm going to go out this way. And, and, but he made a statement last night in the press conference that said that the WWE and him have outgrown each other. And I thought I was going to, that is perfect. I think, cause, cause here's the thing is we were both saying, well, who's he going to have his, his last match against? And he said it perfectly. He outgrew the, there was nobody there in his, in his specter that he could have ended with on any kind of mod. There was no undertaker. There was no, you know what I mean? There's nobody he could end it up. Now he's over with Christian, and and the Hardy Boys, and oh my gosh, dude! Did, I, do, I, do you think there's gonna be a swerve coming up? Where he I don't evil? believe. Oh, so I didn't get to finish what you're no. saying. So so yeah. so he shows up. You yeah. know, you think you know him. His song hits, and he comes does this. Air. Dude, they were losing it. I was losing it. It was great. He comes, he hits the ring. Christian's like, huh? What's gonna happen here? So Edge puts his hands out. Give me the chair. Takes a chair. He lines up Sting. And he takes out the one dude. He takes out uh, the Brontosaurus guy yeah. there, and then he was gonna. T- and then Christian Cage is all like, "Oh my god!" And then Sting shakes hands with Darby and Sting, or Edge Edge shakes hands. He shakes hands with with Darby and, and Sting, and kaboom, the crowd is just losing it. Edge is now AEW, my friends. 
You know, and I think it's it opens up. We talked about the the we talked about sort of what it opens up. I don't think we're going to see Edge and Christian together. So if his contract is let's say let's just say his contract is five years, mm-hmm. I I bet you it's more like three. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if we don't get those two and for three more years. He's well, just got, I, do, I don't yeah. He's got too many guys to work through. Well, they can do that's a program, the WWE way to do it, right? They're gonna like build this thing to like eventually there's going to be you know like they may fight they may be there may be some stuff but i don't think you're going to get the the edge and christian reunion mm-hmm. until the, the almost the end of the deal and i think really? that that's the way that, personally because i think there's just yeah, no, so no. many things that they could do because with adam cole being out now and uh punk being gone adam kind of copeland becomes kind of sort of like one of the main baby faces oh, he's the biggest guy there he can go to mg he can go with mjf there's just so many guys that he can work with so they can keep him and christian away from each other for a while but also have him intertwined because christian just keeps saying i don't care that he's here like you know like, there's just the conference the press conference last night was like christian's like i don't care like and he's just oh, his character right now is downplaying smoking. downplaying and it's it's amazing so if i'm a fan i'm like i want this build yeah. Uh, similar, not similar to the bloodline scenario, but I want this build to go for a while because everyone can't wait for them to get back together. Why yeah. give it to them right now? Oh no! Well, they, I, I think it, I don't think they'll wait as years. long as the WWF wait, but mm. I, I think they'll do it. So I think they'll do it sooner. I'm just, I just because I, I think they seem to do the opposite of the WWF. Like, I, know. I would say if it was in the WWF, they would wait like three years. It would be, it would, and it would go on forever and ever. I think, I think the AEW is going to maybe AEW is going to pull it off a little quicker. Um, but I, I think that we're in for. A, I think we're going to see a, a little spin here, and he's going to. I think he's going to turn on Sting, and uh, and Darby there. That because here's the thing is that uh, um, he's the new head villain, right, Christian? Mm. Um, MJF is now a, a face. He's you know, he's turning a new leaf here. He's trying to. He's got all these morals going on in his head and figure out what he's doing. What a great character he plays. But um, Christian is the, the big heel. In in AEW, and now you bring in Edge, who is now like could either be the biggest face or jump into the biggest biggest heel. What a great position for them, though. Whereas you watch the last SmackDown, and there was only four matches, and two of them were squash matches. Four matches on the last on the last SmackDown, dude. I think uh, you know Christian being in AEW is and a, thriving though, right? It's like a just... substantial reason why that company is thriving because of of his his psyche. And Adam's amazing. Same, and Adam's the same way. Tony would have been chomping at the bit to get at him because, oh, I know, right? because just the psychology of it, um, and FTR and all the all these guys yes. that would have been there. It's very interesting. Um, uh, I think it's wonderful. And Adam Best move ever. really talked really talked about it. Doesn't matter what letters are on, and it's a really great point. It doesn't matter whether it's AEW or WWE. It's like he went there and he's done all that he can do there. So now he's going to go here, and it like. He yeah, seems rejuvenated. Like he looked rejuvenated, though. Like I say, like he, yeah. it, it didn't look like it was like WWF. Hey, it's my last match. This is not really how I wanted to go. I, I should have, anyway. But then he comes into AEW, and the fans are, have a different attitude. You know? you know what, though, Chris? You know what, though? Here's the thing about that. I mm-hmm. I agree with you, uh, but I also, you know, knowing that this has happened now, and mm-hmm. you know, we can we can comment. You know, we know him a little bit. I didn't know this was happening. He kept it totally under the the wraps. Amazing. So so it. for so for me, just from a personal standpoint and and as a mm. fan, there's a couple mm. things. Knowing that he's there now, we know that him and Christian have been talking for probably 
five years since they had the end of their podcast about what to do. And Adam probably was like, I've got these matches left on my thing. I'm going to go and do these matches and then I'm going to come over. So if you look back, if you look at it knowing that all along he was planning on going to AW, right? At minimum, it's like there's just too many options. He definitely wanted to go there. And then knowing how he left the WWE, read, look at how he left the WWE, and you're going to realize he absolutely went out on his own terms. Mm-hmm. So, we did, but it, I, which I is think... why this is exciting that he's now yes. fired up to your point where he's just like, all right, that's over. That book is closed. Yeah. Now let's give these guys everything it's gonna be great i think he nailed it when he said he outgrew the wwe because that i was trying to put into words why that last match didn't come up to expectations and the thing is is it wasn't edge it was the wwe he outgrew it there was nobody that could step up to his level in legacy legacy level like captain america level you know what i mean like there was nobody that could step up with him and he got the closest guy he could and good for him that's rad but the look on his face, man, last night, it makes me happy. I love seeing seeing guys who I cheer for do well in life. Like, Did you like see Beth, the human side of the, the person, right? Did you see Beth Phoenix's... Uh, yeah, with the, I'm going to walk the dog with oh, the AEW. Oh, it was so great. Beautiful, it was so man. so great. I loved Beautiful. it. It was so good. And she's such a fan and like of him and, and, Another and cheer, Canadian cheers wrestler him as well. on. And cheers him on and everything. And it's just, it's just great. So anyways, it is good. Awesome. I'm, I'm excited bad. for this because I really like the way AEW do things. It reminds me of the old way of the NWA kind of style and uh, AAW. Anyway, the classic style. I love the way they do it. AWA. Yeah. And the, and the ECW crowd is still, uh, you know, has that vibe there. You know, you fucked up or holy fuck. Hug it yeah, out. Yeah. This is awesome. Like, holy shit. It's just great. And uh, they were doing that for Edge last night. And I don't think he's had one of those in a long, long, like, if ever. Because the, the WWE is a little more family-oriented and yada, yada. Now he's in his element, man. <laughs> he's in with these crazy, <clears throat> these crazy uh, wrestling fans who have been around forever and That's love awesome. the nuttiness. And plus, oh, the violence that he's, the violence that he's going to be able to do in his matches, man. Uh, it's going to be over the top. So anyway, uh, from, 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 uh, here at live at machete comics congratulations adam yes sir we will, we will no longer no longer the edge and he's now adam copeland he's his own man um i'm, I'm kind of glad he did he took that and didn't go back to his his original sex in our castle that would have well, been funny it, he, it, he could still do the whole day uh you know like mankind did his old i think it would be around. hilarious if he was sex in hard castle on saturday eventually i think eventually that would be really <laughs> cool but the way he came out last night was so like dude edge is here watch out it was it was it looked great. So congratulations, my friend. Congratulations, Adam. And all the best moving forward, my friend. I look forward to picking up your action figure. Yeah, it's yeah. gonna be awesome. And uh we're catching a wave, so it's good. It's good for Beautiful. Him. So I've got a lot of stuff coming up on my end, but you guys just go check out machetecomics.ca to get all that. <laughs> I've got a bunch of stuff going on this month. I'm really excited. But you'll see it others. Uh, lots of live events. I'm leaving the house, Brent. I left the house yesterday. Holy cow. I saw you were at a thing yesterday. Yeah, I was, I was at SBT house. Comics. It was great. Met a whole lot of people. There's a lot of people that have seen me, man. And I was in competition with like a, a big comic convention. Like the, an out of town source yeah. came in and, and held one. I was in competition. I did fine. Yeah, I was only there for an hour and a half, but still, people like me. Anyway, so what a great like? show, Brent. That was what's great. Not so the, I, what's not the like? Come on. Uh, you know, yeah, okay. Um, so what a great show. That was great to have Bill on here. And I'm finally, I got to actually, it was the third time I've actually met him, but actually got to talk with him. And I know I'm going to see him again and we'll hang out. And it's going to Tell me about great. the book. I, I want to read it. I just have, you know. Well, as I said, I just got it yesterday. I had an yeah. in-story yesterday. I just kind of breezed through it. I love the way the uh, the chapters, though, 
are all set up and lead into each other. And you, it's not like you're sitting here reading. You don't feel like you're reading one large book. You feel like you're reading uh, chapters and kind of a journey. Um, and again, the, cha- the names of the chapters, right? Like uh, Madonna's Monitor, uh, The Sad Border Crossing, Pooping, Pooping Alpacas, as he was mentioning, you know. Um, yeah, Graham Parsons' Corpse. Stuff like that. I'm looking forward to getting into it. Great guy. Great guy. Really rad dude. And again, I see him floating around Kingston. He's always smiling on his face, having a smoke. What's up, man? Casual dude, man. Yeah. And again, to say hi to my folks like that, way to go. How do you like that, Mom and Dad? There you go. And before we went on the air, he actually mentioned uh, to my folks, if if they ever want to swing by the studio, come by. I'll give you some autographs. We'll hang out. Like, what a rad dude. Didn't you, know he, what would be, you know what would be a really awesome show is the, the Global News uh, Mornings with Bill and then Dangerous Dorothy and Gracious Gary are there, and they're his guests. And Bill goes, what are you guys doing? Gary's like, I watch the hockey game. Yeah, so and Dangerous Dorothy. And, and Dorothy's like, and I kick ass. And that's, <laughs> there you go. That's what they do. That that's would be fun to do. I'd like that. Well, yeah. that, that, that. So hi, Mom and Dad. There you go. You got your shout-out from Bill. And he's offering to have you guys hang out sometimes. Drop by the station. He says anytime. What a great guy. Excellent guy. So anyway, thanks, Bill, for tuning in and showing up. And congratulations awesome. to Adam, right? And Brent, good to see you again, my friend. Are you here next week or no? Uh, where am I next week? I am here next week. I'm, okay, I'm home until about mid. Uh, I'm home until about uh, the beginning of November. So hey, right well, now you know. I'm I'm a I'm a hockey dad right now. Alex is uh, I'm on the island of Vancouver Island right now visiting yeah. his old buddies. I got a palm tree there. I'm, yeah, a, big really palm, nice. I'm a big big palm tree guy. I like and those. we those and cool. you know and, and my friends just bought a place over here. So we're like, let's uh, go over and visit. Uh, but it allowed me to have that awesome background of a yeah, no, that's really cool. Is, really cool. So we're going to start horror movies next week. We're going to start our horror Ooh. segments. Um, today for me is harvest day. And if anybody knows about harvest day, hey. you know it's a pretty exciting day for my backyard harvest. So I'm pretty stoked on that. So that's what I'm going to do with um, the rest of my night. The rest of my night is going to be doing that. And uh, yeah, it's been a good harvest day. Good stuff. I got, so I, I got a hold of some uh, sleep gummies the other day and wow, that oh, was nice. mag- magical. And that was you're, a, some good you're sleep. rested. I'm rested. I'm feeling good. Yeah, I've got and then speak uh, just just a couple things while we're talking mm-hmm. while we have everyone's attention from Bill's mm-hmm. thing. Uh, given the AEW news and how exciting it's all over the place right now, mm-hmm. I just need to make the announcement that I got Renee Paquette on my show on Wednesday, and she's uh, very exciting. So that's super super rad. And she's uh, she's going to be uh, hold it up. She's going to be rocking, and she's yeah, coming yeah, on yeah. to talk another about Canadian it. Canadian wrestler, uh, another another Canadian, and. Uh, and then Erica M the week after. So Beautiful. you're getting so all the we're ladies. Gonna, we're gonna have this uh, and Brittle Star comes back. We've got some good like. That's cool. Like, and I got things, I have these things I have Dan Day connected. from Marvel Comics. And Dan Day from Marvel Comics. So we're so gonna I got have Dan Day from Marvel Comics over here. A lot of cool things coming up between the shows mm-hmm. and uh, and and it's it's really great. So send some female guests my way occasionally. That'd be cool. Okay, let me see what we can find. It's always a sausage fest on my show, right? I'll get. Uh, I'll see what Erica's doing. Maybe she'll she'll, she'll do it. Sausage. Awesome. People what? remember me. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny, you know, because it's, it's. I was uh, talking just on, on an ending note here, talking about cannabis and marijuana and such. Um, it's funny though because I, I talk to people. And they're like, man, you know, I don't like to smoke marijuana because it pushes the mute button on me, and I don't talk. I don't like to talk. It makes me quiet. And they look at me and say, why do you like to smoke? And it's like, have we met? <laughs> what puts the 100% mute button on you puts a 50% mute button on me. So maybe that's why I smoke a little bit of cannabis here and there. Yeah. Oh, and then the light bulb goes off in their head, right, where they're picturing themselves not able to speak and having me speak way too much. And it's like, oh, okay. Yeah. 
Yeah, because uh, yeah, I know that's happened to you. You must have done something sometimes like, wow, I don't really feel like talking anymore. Whereas I usually don't have that problem. It's the opposite. It's like, Chris, stop talking. So cannabis is great for people who have ADD, HADD, sure. who talk a little too much. You get the right strand. You well, know, it's I gotta... also going to depend on your guests sometimes, too. Sometimes your guests are going to take it and run. And then other times they're going to sit there and go, uh, so wh what do you do? Uh, I do this. Ah, shit. And it's going to be one of those interviews where you got to lead it. That just happened to me last week. And yeah. I, I'm just I talking can't... general life, like but, me walking down the street talking yeah. to people. But it's a... <clears throat> Yeah. All right, we got to wrap it up. We got we're getting hit from our our producer because we got to wrap this up. We gotta, all right, for a certain time. Okay, Brent, good to see you again. We'll see you next week. Um, we'll all go home. and we'll all go and take our gummies and smoke our cannabis and have a hey. wicked night again. Thanks Horror for tuning movies. in, my friends. You guys are awesome watching us, Planet Earth. We love you. We love you. Keep tuning in. It's live from Machete Comics. I'm Chris. That's is Brent over there. And uh, party on. Be excellent to each other. Good times. Rad dudes. Pigeon. Slayer. What happens when we play outside? We become healthier, both mentally and physically. We become more creative and more focused. We connect with nature, each other, and ourselves. Let's Take This Outside, a new podcast hosted by me, Marianne Iveson, an aspiring outdoor athlete and nature lover. I speak to athletes, outdoor professionals, and scientists about their connection to nature, how it affects their performance and everyday life. Let's Take This Outside, available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts, and at letstakethisoutside.ca. I'm Matt Kundle, host of the Sound Off Podcast, the show about podcast and broadcast. Since 2016, we've been speaking with amazing people who have populated your ears for decades. Legendary broadcasters, research wizards, talent experts, podcasters, voice talent, almost 400 stories, all for free. Subscribe or follow the Sound Off Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or at soundoffpodcast.com.